And then, next thing I know, I'd have to be hauled off to church, and I'm sitting in church, got the guilt full on, sitting in the back of the uh, church, they listen to the minister going on, and it was like, uh, like the fun was out there with me mates getting drunk, and uh, but there was the, the thing that I needed to be a good person as well, and I was sort of stuck between the two. And I remember someone, uh, I heard someone talking about themselves one day and they said that they felt like that they were too bad for the good people and too good for the bad people. And for me, I really, really, like when I first heard that, that's exactly how I felt. And yet the fun was with the, with the bad people, if you like, and they weren't necessarily bad people, but... You know, going out, getting drunk and stealing cars and stuff was all part of, you know, um, yeah, we used to call it running the muck, just out running the muck, just getting drunk and doing crazy things. Uh, I've got a lot of mates from that uh, that I grew up with that have died doing that stuff, you know, smashing cars, uh, having motorbike accidents. And I did all that stuff. I've got a really close friend I went up to Darwin with when I was only like 17. And uh, he got hit by a car when he was drunk. And, uh, you know, he died before the age of 21. And I've got, you know, I know so many people in my life that have um, passed away through, um, you know, alcoholic mishap and misadventure. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 60 now, and I can't believe that I actually made it to 60. I can't believe that. But a massive part of that is is that, um, you know, I made it to 60 because I was able to give up drinking. And, uh, you know, it was through a lot of trauma and stuff that I went through in regards to, uh, you know, I was always looking for something to fix me up, something to fix me up on the outside to make me feel better. And, uh, you know, I thought, uh, you know, if I get myself a good woman and that'll be okay, then, you know, I'll be all right then, you know, I'll make me feel better, I'll settle down and that. And, uh, you know, I got myself a good woman, got married, had had three beautiful kids, had the house, good job and that, but uh, I didn't realise that, uh, you know, that I'm an alcoholic and that I suffer from uh, a disease called alcoholism. And uh, the World Health Authority recognises it alcoholism as a disease and uh, I've come to believe that it's a disease as well and that's only through being able to study uh, what alcoholism is all about and this fear and anxiety and that that I seem to have with me continuously like until I had a drink, once I had a drink I felt okay but then like you know, I'd wake up the next morning and I'd be that frightened little boy again. But then, like, I'd look forward to the next drink, whether it be, 
you know, the following Friday or, you know, whatever it was, as soon as I had that drink, it always made me feel better. But not having a drink, being sober, that was that was sort of like my dilemma, you know? Like, again, I had this, I don't know whether it's inferiority complex or whatever. It's just like I look at other people living their life and it's like, They've been given the book of life. They 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 seem to you know go through life. They go to go to university, get a degree, and then get a good job, get married, have kids, and everything's just you know straightforward. But my story's not like that. Like my story is one of uh, you know getting things or getting people in my life and thinking that they will fix me or whatever things that I've got in my life would fix me. And then I'd be standing there thinking, so is this it, you know? And it was like I couldn't fill up whatever that gap was that was within me. And since I've been sober and been going to, um, you know, doing a 12-step program, I've heard people talk about this thing, they call it the hole in the soul. And that's what I had. I had this hole in the soul and I just could not fill that up. And yet, when I drank, it sort of relieved me of that. But then when I got sober again, it was all back to that, you know, I'm left with me. So I didn't understand why I felt that way. And yet I knew I felt that way, but I didn't have any words to describe that. And uh, it wasn't until... You know, like I finally left, uh, I ended up leaving my beautiful wife and three beautiful kids because they couldn't, my wife just didn't want me to drink anymore and I tried so hard to stop so many times. And that's another thing, you know, I could always stop but I could never stay stopped. And again, whatever I've learned since I've been sober, uh, you know, in uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, it's like I've been able to learn about why I felt the way I felt and uh, how to, um, you know, make some sense of it. And this thing about the whole and the soul thing, it was that, uh, you know, I was craving something, but I didn't know what. And alcohol fed that. Alcohol relieved me uh, of that anxiety and fear. And it wasn't until I got to AA that I heard about uh, these things and that, you know, but for me, once I put the drink down, like I thought things would be better, but uh, it actually got harder for me. Um, And I had to work out what was actually wrong with me. And uh, there I was, you know, being left with me because I always felt that thing of... um, yeah, I just I just needed that relief, and and what's happened since I've been uh, in AA, I've I've found a lot better way of living. That it's not what's out there that I needed to fix me up, but uh, it was what was inside of me that uh, was the problem. I I I, I myself was the problem where I would think that it was everybody else's fault why I felt this way 
and uh, it, it had nothing to do with anybody else. It was, it was always my problem, and I had to look at me. And that's been the hardest, uh, the hardest thing that I've been able to do is is look at the reasons why I feel the way I feel. And uh, there's this thing called resentment. I didn't even know what that uh, word meant, resentment, but I know that I had resentment towards uh, my parents. I had resentment towards the fact that they, you know, they dragged me to church every Sunday. Dad had to do this, that and the other. And uh, my mum was very sick for a very long time. As I was growing up, she suffered from a lot of uh, mental illness and that, so she wasn't around for a long time when I was growing up. So, you know, I could always blame uh, those situations on why I drank. And, uh, you know, people would say to me, you know, you're a nice bloke when you're sober, Henry, but when you drink, something happens to you. And there's a, there's a thing that I heard that I know about is, is true for me is that uh, I describe it as a, a Jekyll and Hyde drinker and uh, when I drink uh, yeah I can become really nasty and violent and I always thought that when I drank I was quite a uh, happy drunk but uh, that wasn't necessarily the case it was like I'd be sitting in the pub having a couple of beers and I'd be all happy and stuff like that. And then someone would sort of look at me the wrong way or say something that was a little bit out of kilter. And, uh, yeah, I'd just get really nasty in that. And uh, and I'd, I'd, I'm not that way at all. I'd, and again, you know, I'd wake up the next morning and I'd be that frightened little boy again and thinking, how can I go on like this? But I didn't know any other way. But I have found a solution and uh, that's um, that's a far better way to live. I haven't had a drink now for you know seventeen years, and uh, I'm feeling good. And that that hole in the soul that uh, I've talked about a couple of times, you know, I feel that that is um, that is being filled, and it's not you know through uh, material possessions because I haven't got much anyway but uh, and it's not through having uh, you know a wonderful marriage or anything like that because I'm single at the minute and uh, but I have got an amazing connection with my children that I never thought I would ever be able to have and I've got an amazing connection with people around me which I never thought was possible. And uh, and the biggest thing of all is that I've got a connection with myself and I know who I am, where I am, where I'm going. And, uh, you know, that's such a relief to be able to feel that way. From where I come from, from the anxiety and the fear and... Uh, Anxiousness, uh, the, the 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 feeling of feeling lost 
to where I am now is absolutely massive. And, uh, you know, sometimes I can't describe in words uh, how good I feel sometimes, you know. And uh, I know that it comes from um, the acceptance that, uh, you know, whatever's going on in my life, I'm going to be looked after. And uh, it's not that I full-on believe in that uh, religious uh, thing that I grew up with, but I do believe, and that's what I've learned in Alcoholics Anonymous as well, that I can believe in whatever I want to believe in, you know? It doesn't have to necessarily be God as such, but a, uh, a higher power... Uh, that I, or someone's dropped me on this planet and someone's given me this life, someone's making this whole thing spin around, whatever that is. You know, the great spirit, the creator, you know, you know, the higher intelligence or whatever. And I don't necessarily, and that's what an amazing relief it was for me too when I came into AA. They said to me, it doesn't necessarily, you don't have to believe in what anybody else believes in. You can have your own conception of a power that's greater than you or not. You don't have to believe in anything, you know. And uh, I absolutely love that because there I was, you know, in that uh, dilemma of, you know, the the fear-based God and then, you know, me on the other side and it was just such a conflict it was such a conflict in my mind, and uh, but I don't have to fear anymore, and uh, that that in itself is such a relief, you know. It, it uh, is such a relief, and I have to uh, keep I have to keep going to me meetings, and I've got uh, more friends so I know what to do with now. Whereas before, when I was in the thick of me drinking. You know, I'd be waking up in a in a piss wet bed watching snow TV, thinking this is freedom. You know, and uh, it wasn't freedom at all. In reality, I was in, imprisoned in my own mind, and I didn't know how to get out of it. And I always, I always thought that, you know, people that told me, they used to say to me, "Oh, you got to stop drinking. You got to stop drinking." I knew I had to stop drinking, but how? How do I stop drinking? You know, people would tell me I had to do this and I had to do that. And uh, But the amazing thing was when I went to AA, they said to me, well, here's our story. If uh, if you want to do what we've done, then you're welcome to do that. But if you don't and you want to go out and keep drinking, that's entirely up to you. And that was absolutely such another massive relief to me. You know, there wasn't any rules or any regulations. The people said to me, you can do it whichever way you want to do it. You know, uh, there's the 12 steps, you know. You can start wherever you want there. Uh, it doesn't matter. And if I don't want to go to meetings, I don't have to go, you know. Uh, and that's what I love about it too. There's no hard and fast rules because I grew up with all that stuff. And it was absolutely stifling, absolutely stifling. And uh, that was the last thing I needed in my life. 
because I, I knew I knew I I wasn't doing the right thing when I was drinking and that. I knew all that stuff. I didn't I didn't need people to tell me I was doing the wrong thing. But what was happening? It was isolating me. It was uh, you know there's this, there's a thing that talks about you know I drank to be social and I'll become antisocial. You know. Uh, I drank to get rid of my fear and I became bewildered. You know, there's all these things that I drank for. You know, alcohol promised me everything and it took away everything at the end of the day. And that's where I believe that that, you know, my disease is within me and uh, I suffer from alcoholism. And the alcoholism uh, is alcohol is in the bottle but the ism is inside me and it's how I see me and how I perceive others uh, as well. And uh, today, you know, I see, I see myself uh, in a different light than what I used to see myself, you know, like I used to have a massive chip on my shoulder. If I, was, uh, if I come into a room and there was a couple of people on the other side of the room telling a joke and laughing I had this massive chip on my shoulder thinking they were laughing about me you know I just had this uh, resentment towards uh, pretty well every everyone and everything and uh, I don't have that today you know there's that thing of live and let live and I'm allowed to live my life whatever way I see fit to live my life and other people allowed to live their life whatever they want to live their life. And, uh, you know, it's got nothing to do with me how other people live their life. As long as I live my life the way I see fit to live my own life. And I love that stuff. It's, uh, it's really, really cool. It's really cool. Which of the 12 steps do you think really helped you most? Um... Uh, which of the 12 steps helped me most? That's a good question. I think number one, where I had to admit that I was powerless over alcohol and that my life had become unmanageable because uh, what it was, every time I stopped drinking, uh, after a while I would start feeling better and I'd think, you know, I'm feeling that much better I reckon I might have another drink. And at that point there, as soon as I had another drink, I thought that I could handle it. And that first step says, admitted that I was powerless over alcohol. So once I could completely admit to my inner self that, you know, that I was completely powerless over that first drink, then I could accept that, I could not have another drink because every time I had a drink, the alcohol would uh, have power over me. I'd be under, you know, um, that the power of alcohol again. I'd be under the influence and I'd be off and running, off and running and being an alcoholic. I've got a physical allergy where if I take the first drink, I'm compelled to have another drink and another drink and another drink. And I've done that experiment so many times 
that I know for me as an alcoholic, I have this allergy, I have a physical allergy towards alcohol. So once I pick up that first drink, I'm compelled to drink and drink and drink. It's like uh, the more I drink, the thirstier I get, and that's exactly the way it is. Uh, I, I might just run through the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, it's the, the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly lit it. Eleven, saw through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and practice these principles in all of our affairs. We have local meetings uh, for the full week in the local area. Uh, Monday is Gala meeting at 8 o'clock. Tuesday is Elizabeth East at 8 o'clock. Wednesday is Elizabeth East at 8 o'clock. Thursday is Two Wells at 8 o'clock. And Friday is Salisbury at 8 o'clock. There's a meeting at Davron Park at 12 o'clock. And on Sunday there's a meeting in Salisbury at 7 o'clock. And many other meetings in the area. For details of your local meetings, please phone thirteen hundred double two double two double two. And once again, if anyone you know is struggling with alcohol issues, please call Alcoholics Anonymous on thirteen hundred double two double two double two, or check out their website on a.org.au.
Till you're trying to find the you 